0: This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Halftime Show Podcast. Oh, he loves the fire and that... What a goal. This is the Halftime Show with Omar al Duri on Pulse 95. Nice strike. Oh, better than nice. Wonderful. Oh. Uh. Yes, welcome to the halftime show with Omal Dury. I am your host coming you? everything. So- Why is he saying making fun of my show? you oh, spicy don't make fun of my show. <laughs> welcome to the halftime show with Omal Dury. I'm your host, coming Everything Sport, international and local. Shout out to everyone who is tuned in on 95FM, Pulse95Radio.com, our app, Sharjah Broadcasting Authority, or if you're chilling at home watching us live on YouTube. Thank you very much for connecting with us today. Right, the question is, and I'm going to say this once. No, actually, no, I'm going to say it throughout the whole show. Is it coming home? Is it coming home? Is it coming home? Is it coming home? The Euros are tonight. If you watched the first semi-final, that was yesterday, Italy versus Spain, and if you don't know who won that, you're gonna to have to stay tuned to the show. And if you do know, find out to know who find out who's gonna meet with them tonight because tonight England play Denmark at Wembley, and the winner will face Italy in the final. And I can't wait to share that with you guys. Now, everyone on the uh, Instagram is uh, is definitely saying omnia stay away from his shoulder everyone is saying that on instagram by the way they know they've seen the clips of omnia and my shoulder so therefore don't worry she's in the other studio with my main man RR, and sama right now um i have to give a couple of special shout outs though for sure for sure i have to give a couple of outs to uh to the team uh firstly dr philippe fantastic fantastic doctor uh Maricel, josette jane javid uh leanne and romeo shout out to them and shout out to camilla as well uh, you know i get a chance to meet some fantastic people when i'm out and uh, those guys are definitely definitely fantastic and i thought you know what i'm in a good mood today let's give them some shout outs and uh, everyone else who's on the instagram isa get well soon spicy uh, mustafa aj uh, who else we got Fahad. We've got Mufid as well. Get well soon, Mufid. Florin all the way from New York and Debo. Yes, 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 yes. Welcome to the show. Right, okay. Stay tuned because we're going to have a wicked show together on the only place to be at three, the Halftime Show on Pulse 95. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri. Oh, on Pulse 95. 95. Oh, he loves to fight. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri on Pulse95. Nice strike. Oh, better than nice. It, f- it's time. it sure is that time. It's the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri. Your boy on Pulse95 Radio in the heart of Sharjah. Thank you very much for connecting with us. Right, let's get straight to it. The Euros is happening. Everyone's going nuts right now over what they were watching across this tournament. Yesterday, we got a chance to watch Spain versus Italy. Many people said that Italy would win anyway, but as you know, it wasn't plain sailing. Why wasn't it plain sailing? The reason why it wasn't plain sailing because even when I was speaking to a lot of friends of mine who were saying, ah, this is obvious, Italy are going to go through. Now, maybe Italy might have been the best team in the tournament thus far. But as we know, when it comes down to the knockout stages, especially towards the courts and semis, surprises can happen, as we learned with France. But here's the thing. When looking at this approach yesterday, when Luis Enrique, who, by the way, almost got everything perfect in that game, dropping Morata might have been a question mark to a lot of people where they would have thought there's no way that should ever happen. And playing Fernand Torres in the false number nine role along with Olmo and, or I can never say his name, but Orzangabau, um was really, really impressive. Very, very good because the Italians were known to be very good on the attack, very good defensively, solid wise, especially with the experience at the back. But now, even without having Spinazzola, they always knew that the balance of the team was going to be challenged. So, what did Spain do? They set out to dominate the ball, keep possession, and try to hurt the Italians with ball players rather than strikers. And that's why I genuinely thought that people were saying that um, Italy had better chances. In my opinion, you know, Italy struggled to get the ball. And I think the idea of Possession without purpose is pointless. It's something I always say in coaching. I genuinely thought that they had the purpose to tire out the Italians, and it started to work. You started to see injuries, you started to see people get tired, pull up, and that was where I thought Spain might be onto something. Now, listen, when Chiesa scored the goals, an outstanding goal, great goal. Unai when when I Simone, man, the goalkeeper of Spain was awful. And I think, you know, I feel sorry for a lot of the players. You know, these days, especially low on confidence. And one of those players, actually, that I, I just really wanted him to score yesterday was Morata. And he came on and he did score. And I kept saying to my cousin Yassin, shout out to Yassine, by the way. I kept saying, this guy's going to score. He's going to score. And and I was hoping that that would be it. And he, he would bring Spain back into it. And he did. He came on as a sub and did it. However, he did miss the penalty. And see, this is where football, the ride of the emotions is is very, very tough to stomach because as we see the first semi-final, it was dramatic. But I think what happens when you get to these stages, especially with extra time and especially with penalties, the emotional side of things really kicks in. And I'll give you an example. So when teams play each other, it's one thing to be able to finish the game in 90 minutes because you know it's over. The moment it goes into two extra halves, of extra time and then penalties which is very different to Copa America by the way Copa America skip the extra time and go to penalties and by the way Brazil are going to meet Argentina in the final we'll be talking about that um, definitely later on this week but here's the thing the emotional side of things had, had exhausted Italy and you kind of see them kind of falling gradually as the injuries start to kick in obviously with the Spinazzola one that's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an Achilles injury it's going to take him at least six months to recover but the, the, the emotional side of things and the nervous system always does coincide with the physical and this is where the Italians you saw Bonucci pull up you saw Cellini just getting himself across the line this is going to be tough for the Italians to be able to recover now for the next couple of days and and, and face whoever meets England or Denmark. And before we move over to England and Denmark, Luis Enrique, yesterday, with his tactics and with his strategies, was almost perfect, spot on with how he did things against Mancini's Italy, who, by the way, have been the most entertaining. Uh, You've seen the good side and you've seen the ugly side of Italy. You've seen the good side, which is... Fantastic football. senior Immobile, Chiesa, you know, the midfield, Veratti. you know, um, what's his name? Jorginho as well. You know, uh, all these players have really shown their, their worth, their value. And when you think about the Italians, most of them do play in their own league. So we don't get a chance to really see. Uh, you know the skill set because sometimes if we watch our own league and we don't watch leagues outside you kind of wonder or you underestimate them that's what happened in the beginning of the tournament now all of a sudden people started to say that you know Italy could have a chance here then as it got through the group stages and they had a clear record people were saying whoa Italy might win this but, but yesterday, they were very, very lucky to get through that game. And I know people were saying that Italy had the better chances, but they really struggled to retain the ball. And I felt that Mancini was really frustrated with his players because once they actually got the ball, they just went long and tried to hit... You know, um Spain on the counterattack. And by the way, Laporte was excellent yesterday as well. The only thing is, and, and I'm sure footballers and coaches will tell you this, when you have a shaky goalkeeper, low on confidence, nervous, anxious, he's already made a mistake in the tournament that's cost him, it adds nervousness to the back line. And I think that's the one thing that that was in the back of their minds with, with Spain as they were they were letting balls bounce and they weren't attacking them the way they should have, merely for the fact that it was you know, um, Simone's nervousness, but the Italians were composed, obviously, with the experience that they have at the back. Bernucci and Collini were fantastic, and because of that, they were able to get across the line. But they really, really rode their luck yesterday. And I know Italy fans are going to be like, No, Italy deserve it. Italy are going to win. It- Italy were the, have been the best team in the tournament thus far. But I'm just saying. Will they be able to do that one more time? Right, what do you think is going to happen? Spicy's already telling you, it's messaging me as well. Saying, What's your predictions? I'm not going to say tonight, I'm going to say on the final who's going to be in the final and who's going to win the final in the Euro 2020? Text me on 4215 or do or sign into my DMs. Now, more importantly, is it coming home? <laughs> is it coming home? England versus Denmark tonight, Denmark have their own purpose in this tournament Ericsson's uh, cardiac arrest earlier on the fans I think the whole world has been wanting Denmark to progress now they're in the semi-finals they could get to the final and possibly win it we talk about dark horses but be honest how many of you thought that Denmark are going to get this far now that they have and you look at their play- their players from the back I mean you've got Kasper Schmeichel who's you know been one of the best players or best goalkeepers in the tournament you've got Christensen you've got um What's his name? God, I've lost his name now. Um, Kaya, the captain, Sebastian Kaya, who's who's been, again, phenomenal. In, and this is the thing. Vestergaard, uh, those back three really are solid. And we see them in the Premier League. Hoiberg in front of them. That's another person. You know, Delaney, Borussia Dortmund. You see him. Uh, Myla, Myla, is it Myla on the left side, again, which is probably why it will force Southgate to play a more defensive-minded player to be able to counter that. And then you've got obviously brain without front dolberg who used to be at ajax these players are fantastic players and they've got the spirit and they've got people you know wanting them to win so england are going to have to get this right and gareth southgate has been criticized on his selections on his choices but you know what the scariest thing so far is england are yet to concede a goal in this tournament and they might not be people's favorites but let's hope it's coming home right okay we're gonna take a quick break and we we'll be right back after this enjoy it folks Keisha Cole love let's do this this is the halftime show with Omar Alduri oh he loves the fire and that- what the goal this is the halftime show with Omar Alduri on Pulse 95 nice strike oh better than nice wonderful oh uh, back to the half-time show with Omar Duri I'm your host cover everything sport international local keeping it live keeping it 100 here on pulse 95 radio in the heart of Sharjah thank you very much for uh, tuning in and thank you for those who are also linked on the Instagram live as well sending me their love Sheik, uh, Sheikh Asara and we got Murad, you got Rashid, you've got Cool Out Breathing, Sarah Delejan. Mimo, uh, Benoit, Masoud, you know, everyone's here. Spicy, Miss Melzan, as well as here, by the way, saying hello to Uncle Omar, love it. And uh, and of course, I'm going to shout out Brad as well, just because I can. Um, right, okay, so here's a question for you guys Is there any loyalty when it comes down to athletes and sport? Now, the reason why I ask you this is because As football fans, as tennis fans, as basketball fans, we always have an opinion on where our favourite players should go, should transfer. We always look at them and say, of course you should go here, because that's where you should go. But in truth, it's a bit more complicated than that. And I'm going to give you a couple of scenarios. Now, here you are at, let's say, the club of your dreams, okay? And you are doing very very well you're reaching a very good level at the moment and you have one more year left on your contract now you have the chance to sign for another club who will probably offer you a deal in a year's time or you can increase your contract with your current club the club that's interested in you is slightly bigger than your your club that you're playing for but You know, you still are torn between two. What do you do? So, let me give you a couple of scenarios. Uh, You are, um, let's say, who am I going to pick? I am going to pick, I am going to pick Mbappe. You are Kylian Mbappe. Kylian Mbappe is a World Cup winner, a France international, and he plays for PSG, one of the richest clubs in the world. He has one more year left on his contract. PSG want him to sign the contract now to extend, but he knows that if he runs down his contract, then he can go to any club of his choice. What do you do? That is my question to you with that. Now, I'm going to give you a couple of scenarios with all these other players. For example, Lionel Messi, who's been subject, you know, to every newspaper and every tabloid out there where people are saying his contract is up at Barcelona, he should be leaving. Messi can do what he wants, but the problem with Messi is who can afford him? And with Barcelona being way above their their salary limit, they need to release players to be able to keep and register some players who they've even signed to the club and not been able to do that. I will do a segment on that later because a lot of people have asked me about Barcelona, but my point is just sticking to what we're talking about now. Is there any loyalty in sport? And should there be? Why are players or coaches criticised for going to another club? When if they're not cutting it, if they're not doing well, then people don't care anymore about them and and don't feel any loyalty because they're not performing at the highest level. And a lot of things with that comes is, you know, the 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 you know the emotional side the mental side of things when you're injured for example you know you feel like you're not being able to spend time with your teammates and again this could be any sport but just giving you examples from the scenarios that I know of right now because if I tell you a list of players that are going to be free agents next summer if they don't sign their contracts this year they're able to go for free and their clubs will be losing out on money to be able to transfer them and those players happen to be uh, Kylian Mbappe, Goretzka, Kamavinga and Varane. Yes, spicy I it, who are linked to Manchester United. Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, Ansu Fati from Barcelona, Paolo Diabala, Insigne and Dembele. These are all f- footballers that if they don't leave now for a transfer fee, they can go for free, but they'll have to run down their contract. So there's a lot of disputes here that are going around. Uh, Mimo saying historically clubs brought a better player locally now they reach out internationally so why should players be loyal they have to do the best for the future that's a very good point absolutely and you look at that as well because you see players and I'll give you another scenario you see how uh, Jaden Sancho was he was at City probably about what 5 years ago and wasn't getting played and they told him stay and and you'll grow and you'll you know you will develop under the system and he said no I need to play I need to learn And went to Germany and went to Germany and all of a sudden now has been transferred for over 70 million to Manchester United, having developed in Germany. So see, with these things, now all of a sudden, do Manchester City fans dislike Jaden Sancho for leaving his club and then now joining their arch rivals Manchester United? Or did he do what's best for his career? There's so many factors here that you look at and you think... To what point do we stick with loyalty? Is there loyalty in the game? You see Rafa Benitez recently joining Everton and Evertonians and Everton fans going crazy even though the chairman has recruited him and brought him down. But having managed at Liverpool and also said that Everton was a smaller club at one point, you know, how loyal are Everton fans to the managers? Now, you see Carlo Ancelotti, when he came in, he left very, very soon after. So... Is it development that you're after? Is it someone that's going to be able to win you something instantly? What is it that you want? Because fans, again, can can turn on you very quickly uh, in in the sports game, and it's it's quite taxing mentally as well. Hamda um, is saying Sancho is ours now, and Rashid is saying, what will Pogba do? Will he run his contract out? I think Pogba, you know, he pretty much has a very good position right now. He can either get the transfer that he wants. Or he can agree with United to increase the contract or extend the contract and have a transfer fee to the club of his choice, if he has an idea who the club is going to be. Um, Mohamed El Belushi, Man City pocket 10 million from the sale transaction to United. Yeah, but when you think about it, that could have been seventy million if they had uh, sold the player directly. Uh, Issa saying, "Which City fan really cares about Sancho? They didn't know he existed. Well, everyone knows he existed now, and uh, and he's coming. He's coming home, but he's going to United, and that's where I think City fans will be quite heartbroken. Amda, uh, Pogba will leave, I think. Enough, yeah, and." Uh, Mufida saying, "Haaland, bro. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That, see, guys, this is what I'm saying. At what point do you have loyalty to these, to these players, to these coaches? Uh, everyone has an opinion. Everyone thinks, you know, this player should go there. I remember a year ago, we were sat here at the desk, and I was talking to you about will Messi leave and where will he go, and and is he ambitious enough, and what does he want to achieve?" Messi wants to do whatever Messi wants to do he, he's, he's not, he doesn't really care about what people think um, and that's why a lot of people have the argument for Cristiano Ronaldo over Messi because he's done it in several leagues so you see there are several factors here but my question to you is is there any loyalty in the game and should athletes feel guilty for following what's best for them 4215 it's a salat or do or send into my DMs at Omar let's take a quick break and I'll be right back after this enjoy folks Time show with Omar Adori. Oh, he loves the fire! Then, what's the goal? This is the halftime show with Omar Adori on Pulse 95. Nice strike! Oh, better than nice! It sure is that time. It's the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri. I'm your host covering everything sport international and local. We're having a good time here in the studio and just, you know, kicking back, enjoying ourselves. And if you guys are on the Instagram Live, you probably know why we're laughing and you know why Omnia Saleh plays such a big part in between segments, may I add, when it comes down to the behind the scenes footage, which is gold. I think she's going to post it. Karsim, what's going on? Karsim is tuned in from the UK. Alaa is all the way in Saudi. Alaa al be and the whole family sending you love from Sharjah in the UAE. Grew up with Alaa at school. Love that guy. Okay, so, right. A couple of things happening now. It's kind of sentimental for me because at this time of the year apart from it coming home one thing that does come home is Wimbledon. Wimbledon tennis is a huge deal. It's something that a lot of people you know um, look forward to merely for the fact that in Wimbledon tennis in the UK that's probably the only time you get some decent weather in the UK and how does it make a difference? It makes a difference because what happens is you end up Um, seeing your neighbours people are smiling people are wearing summer clothes people are wearing sunglasses I even got a chance to see my (laughs) neighbours when I was in the UK and and it has such a nice vibe and such a nice feel to it when it comes down to Wimbledon tennis now this year is a little bit special when it comes to Wimbledon because we've seen you know a year go by without Wimbledon and uh, obviously due to the COVID-19 and the pandemic we didn't have Wimbledon last year and and we didn't have fans and now we're starting to slowly resume normality when it comes down to sports it is going to take time please stay safe but what's really nice about this time is it makes me reflect on when I was living in London for probably 24 years of my life you had a chance to really take in the atmosphere you know it's. I lived about 10 minutes away from the Wimbledon tennis courts and used to hear and see people walk through the station, which is Southfield Station, by the way. Yep. Shout out to Southfield. Uh, not that anyone's listening from Southfields right now, but I thought I would shout out Southfields anyway. And uh, you get off at the train station. The platforms are all green. So they would get like a sort of a turf, put it on all the train platforms so you can actually see and feel the vibe of Wimbledon. Once you get to to the station, you walk up the stairs and to the right, you start to follow the cues to be able to walk down to the tennis championships. And this is where I kind of say to myself, man, I miss those times. Those times are special times. Wimbledon has a special, special, you know, feel about it. Good vibe, good energy. People from all around the world, South Africa, New Zealand, Australia, Brazil, Spain, uh, you know, Serbia, everywhere, everywhere. People come down to the Wimbledon Championships to be able to have a good time, enjoy themselves, watch their favorite, favorite, favorite tennis players play. And uh, I'm just so happy that it's back on again, you know. And uh, looking at it right now, the quarterfinals are on. You know, I think a lot of a lot of the the championship has come into a very different mindset because of how people have reacted and responded to not having Wimbledon and how the athletes have reacted to not having fans. So the psychology behind the championship is very different, but there's also a grateful feel to it. You know, all the antics, all the, all the history, all the, you know, occasions where we got a chance to celebrate these fantastic athletes and these tennis players. That's where I kind of, uh, I kind of miss, and I'm so happy to be able to see that the Wimbledon Championships have resumed this year. And at the same time, we are at the quarterfinal stage here. Who's gonna win it? Text me on four two one five. at Tasalat or do or as Mufid is saying, South feels in it. <laughs> uh, Rashid is saying, I miss. Please mind the gap. Just listening to this now yeah i don't know uh, anna schofield maybe she'd be the best one to to do that voice uh, from yalla home with big Hass. they do so they have a wicked show she she does the best voices by the way so i might get her to do an sfx for me or a couple of sfx for me now with uh with those in mind who have we got let's just check here and see who's uh, left over in the men's and women's singles Little adjustment if you can see me in the studio <laughs> as I'm moving around. So in the quarterfinals, you've got uh, kan- uh, Kajanov against Shapovalov. Try and say that 10 times. Djokovic against... <laughs> I can't say that name on air. <laughs> it's going to get me in trouble. Djokovic is in the quarter final against F-U-C-S-O-V-I-C-S. I can't pronounce it, so I'm just going to say it. Uh, B- uh, Berrettini against Olga... Like Alli- man, these names. Man. <laughs> what happened to Federer? Uh, Federer is here against Hurkaks, Um, So that's regarding the men's quarterfinal. And then the women's semifinal is Barty against Kerber. Barty obviously being seeded number one, and Pliskova against Sabalenka. Man, they really are challenging radio hosts with these na- <laughs> with these names. Um, obviously, the bi- some of the big names that you're probably noticing aren't there for a reason through injury or even as we mentioned um, earlier uh, this month uh, regarding the mental health. So, yeah, who's going to win Wimbledon? Are you watching it? Do you have that same uh, same feel to uh, what's going on? Mufid is saying Djokovic. Do you think Djokovic is going to win? And Rashid saying transfer updates with Omar Dury at the halftime show next. Okay, I will do that for you. I promise you once the Euros are over, Rashid, I'll give you some transfer updates. Okay, guys, we're gonna take a quick break. Some burner boy in the building just to keep the energy up high and get you in a good mood. Enjoy this. This is real life featuring Stormzy. This is the halftime show with Omar and on 1995. Oh, he loves the fire. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri on Pulse95. Nice strike. Oh, better than nice. Wonder- uh, let's get ready to rumble. Yes, we are back on the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri. I'm your host covering everything sport international and local. Right, okay, we've had a wicked show. And if you have missed the show, don't worry. You can catch all of our episodes on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud. If you prefer a podcast or... Or if you want a visual, head over to the YouTube channel, Pulse95Radio. You catch all our shows there. We've got some wicked guests on there talking some great things like mental health, gut health, and a lot of conditioning and how the brain affects the body. Okay, right. So a couple of questions coming in. Uh, who we got here? Um, who will win the Euro Golden Boot Race? That's a good question, uh, Rashid. Okay, so... It's kind of strange because when you look at the actual, like let's say the top five footballers that are leading the 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 charts for top goal scorer, none of them are still in the tournament. So you see Cristiano Ronaldo's at five, Patrick Schick's at five, uh, ML Forsberg's at four, Karim Benzema's at four, Lukaku's at four, and then you get the threes and like Kane, etc., and all the other players. And I think what's interesting with that is there is more of a team feel this year in the semi-finals than there than there ever been you know normally it's very like it's very like who's going to be top scorer from day one you fancy this player you fancy that play, and it's normally the best players you see your Ronaldo's in there you see your Benzema's your Lukaku's but all of their teams have been knocked out is there a coincidence in that I reckon when you know, you think about all the teams that are still there. Very, very interesting with that. And then you look at the assists and probably not the assists you would have ever imagine because of where the position is. And I say that because if you think about who have assisted the most, it's not, again, your usual suspects. And that tells you that maybe, maybe uh, strategically and tactically, the coaches are um, well equipped to block the obvious choices. Because if I tell you now That Danny Olmo, Luke Shaw and Hoiberg all have three assists in the tournament. You're looking at, you know, um, the players that we probably either would be surprised they're playing or come from a deeper position. And then you look at uh, Steven uh, Zuber as well from Switzerland, who is with four assists. After that, it becomes a bit more obvious in Yamelenko yeah, and Immobile, but even David Alaba, as well, who was centre back for most of the tournament, maybe on the set pieces, has done really, really well. So, yeah, so that's regarding your, your question, uh, Spicy, uh, on that. Now, <clears throat> the question of the day that I was asking is Is there any loyalty left in sport when athletes are pressured to run down their contract? Or sign for their current teams and this could be for any sport but we were talking about a couple of examples earlier and saying if you're right now playing for a great team and you have one more year left on your contract and your club don't want to sell you do you run your contract out and go for free to the club of your choice or do you force a transfer now and then the club gets money out of you see it's a very very thin line with these things and a lot of fans are very passionate about where the players should go and who they should transfer to but I was having this conversation with my cousin the other day and very interesting how we fans are very quick to forget what people do and how they serve the club and let's say for example you've had someone who's been there for five years six years and maybe they're coming to a little dip in their form and all of a sudden people want them out and and it's um it's challenging as a coach it's definitely challenging as a player to be able to ride those emotions emotionally and mentally for your clubs and that's where i that's what i love about sports when you're studying behavior and patterns is everyone is very very different in how they respond some people are vocal about it and they tell you how they are you can go on social media now and tweet something or post something and everyone knows what you're doing and some people don't and here's the the worry about that the stigma of mental health and not being able to express yourself when you bottle it uh inside or when you you know um not bottle it, but bottle up your emotions. I think that's, you know, that that's very, very tricky and quite dangerous uh, for a human, let alone an athlete, to be able to keep everything in, and and then later on you're able to express it. But by that point, your emotions have gone through quite a bit, and it becomes trauma. So there are certain things I do agree with, and certain things that sometimes you just kind of wonder. You see. Uh, Granite Jacker had one of the best tournaments uh, for Switzerland. And yet for his club, he's not always loved by his fans. See, so there's, it's a very, very tricky, tricky situation. Right. We are reaching full time on the Halftime Show. Thank you very much for tuning in. Coming up next is the afternoon. with But I will be back on Saturday. Same time, same place on the only place to be at three. The Halftime Show on Pulse 95. Love you guys. I'm out.